I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I am your host. I'm a professional psychic medium. I've been doing this work for about 10 years, and this podcast, if you're new, if you haven't listened before, this podcast is really to bring you some insight into the work of a medium. Also, I offer interviews with people that I find fascinating, people that I find helpful, and really to give you some tools, hopefully, to really help you along in your own spiritual development, your own journey, whether that's with mediumship or not. I believe that we're all here on earth in the physical world to be on a spiritual journey at the same time. So we're all at just maybe different places. Welcome to today's show. We're really delving into the witch wound. And it's because it was a question that came up from one of my mentorship students. And when I thought about how to answer it, I just thought this needs to be like its whole a whole episode because there's just so much to talk about and so much to say. So I hope that you'll sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation, although it's just me today. So it's just me chatting away. I hope that you enjoy and I hope that you find some insight within it. Yeah, take a deep breath, relax, and let's begin. So I wanted to chat about what the witch wound actually is and then also to give some insight into how we can bring some healing. I did use an article from HuffPost, Healing the Witch by Natalie Ann Taggart, so just to let you know, and then a definition that I got from dictionary.com, so just to get that out of the way. According to Natalie Ann Taggart in her article, she said that the witch wound is the psychic trauma that all women carry after millennia of invalidation, disempowerment, and abuse, and that the patriarchal culture has systematically invalidated feminine gifts like intuition, embodiment, collaboration, emotional intelligence, and healing, and that the witch wound is rears its ugly head when any awakened woman has the audacity to put herself out there as her authentic, powerful, healing, intuitive self. And it gets even more triggered when that same woman decides to charge what she's worth for those gifts. The witch wound holds us back from wealth, not just financial wealth, but the wealth of inner fulfillment, meaningful relationships, beautiful surroundings, and vibrant health through subliminal shame and not enoughness. So I just wanted to use like what she wrote her definition of it because I don't feel I could express that any better. That is a very clear depiction of what this actually is. 
And so it's interesting when I looked up the definition of a witch, because really um, this is what we've been, it's been used as an insult. It's been used as something that is meant to be derogatory. And so the definitions that I found, a person thought to have magic powers, especially evil ones, popularly depicted as a woman wearing a black cloak and pointed hat and flying on a broomstick. The other words that came up were occultist or another definition, an ugly or unpleasant woman. Okay. A person now, especially a woman who professes or is supposed to practice magic or sorcery, a woman who is supposed to have evil or wicked magical powers, an ugly or mean old woman, another word for it, a hag. So that's what the definition of a witch is if you look that up in the dictionary. Okay, so I see the effects of the witch wound in myself, in my own development, as well as a lot of my clients and students. There is a lot of fear around asserting one's own inner knowing. There's a lot of hesitation around being worried about being wrong or being thought of as some kind of charlatan or scammer. And I think it boils down to the patriarchy. Any woman who was psychic or had abilities, not understood by society, not understood by men in power, would be seen as a threat. And as a means to control, we were told that we were hysterical or crazy, or even evil. And so if you think about it, it only makes sense that there would be residual energetic after effects from this type of treatment. Women have been murdered for having the courage to be their true, powerful, magical self. And I always think back to Helen Duncan, who was the last person tried and sentenced under the Witchcraft Act. She was a Scottish medium who underwent all kinds of horrific treatment. The police stormed into her seances and arrested her for fraudulent claims. And here was a woman doing her work and was under such harsh scrutiny for it. And my feeling is that she was extremely misunderstood and she was punished, treated like a criminal when she was only trying to spread the idea that we don't die and that the spirit world does exist and trying to bring some kind of comfort to people. And so she was bringing healing and hope to so many people and yet she was under such scrutiny, accused of all kinds of things. And I often think about how she was doing a seance and she brought through a sailor from this ship that this was during like World War II. And the sailor had said that his ship had gone down in the Mediterranean. And I guess the war office did not actually release this information until months later. So there was suspicion that Helen was actually some kind of spy because how could she possibly know this information? The wartime government had also been trying to keep the laws of about 
I think it was like 800, 861 British sailors quiet. And so Helen had revealed too much information when one of the sailors came through from Spirit, one of the sailors from that particular ship that was named. And so there was very specific and accurate details, information. So it's maddening because if you think about it, so many of us that are developing our mediumship or working as mediums, we would love to get that kind of specific detail of name of the ship that the sailor was on and the details that he brought through. They're so validating and so specific that it would give the people that you're reading for a lot of comfort and a lot of um, reassurance that is their specific loved one and that they're okay and that they're in the spirit world and that they made it to spirit and they're well. But in this case, because it was so accurate and so specific, it's exactly why she was scrutinized. It's exactly why she was sent to prison. Sent to prison. So I know that like Sometimes we talk about how it's difficult to come out of the spiritual closet. Think back. This is not even that long ago. But think back to what the pioneers of mediumship actually had to go through to put themselves out there. It's quite incredible what they experienced. And I think it's maddening because there isn't a ton of information about this in the public media. So just like searching the internet, the average person were to research this, Helen Duncan, I'm afraid that this woman is made to look like a fraud still, even today. So if you're interested in knowing more, here are a few books you can check out. The first one, The Two Worlds of Helen Duncan by Gina Brealey. That's one that I have and I've read. The next one is Hellish Nell, The Last of Britain's Witches by Malcolm Gaskell. I'm not sure if that one is any good. I haven't read it. So if you have or if you do read it, please do let me know. But it's one that I've seen. I've seen it around uh, a book about her. There's also The Strange Case of Hellish Nell. That's what they called her. The Story of Helen Duncan and the Witch Trial of World War II. So there you go. So some resources maybe to check out. We've essentially been conditioned to not trust ourselves and our innate connection to the universe and to nature. And I could go on and on for the reasons for all of this. And trust me, there's a whole rabbit hole you could go down with this. But for today, I would like to focus on how we can even begin to heal the witch wound. And so I think part of it is really facing our fears. So just in signing up to take a course to develop your intuition or develop your mediumship. That's one way that you are stepping forward to heal that witch wound. You can also heal it by acknowledging that it exists, acknowledging that you may have some fear and anxiety around being seen or offering your insight. So really just recognizing that is the case and then when you're faced with the opportunity, lots of times, especially in class, like I'll ask, okay, like a volunteer to try this exercise or a volunteer to try this sort of thing. Most of the time, there's not like somebody who's like eager. Like it usually takes a few minutes and then somebody will reluctantly put up their hand and be like, okay, I'll give it a go. And I'm always so proud when people do volunteer 
Because in that moment when you're doing that, you are healing the witch wound because you're saying like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how what it's going to happen, but I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to try to use my abilities. So just in being brave and courageous about trying, I think, and volunteering and facing that fear, I think that's one way that you can heal the witch wound. I also think it's about looking at your own life and seeing where there has been any shame especially if there's been shame for being sensitive or for just existing as a woman, shame for having some kind of success, if there's been shame for any of that kind of thing. Really looking at, okay, where have I experienced this in my life? Looking at maybe why, and then Working towards reframing that. I think we've been doing a lot of EFT, like emotional freedom technique, and within the exceptional medium, the mentorship program that is the year-long course that we're working on right now. And my colleague, Melissa Wilson, has been offering some EFT sessions. And I think this particular wound would be an awesome one to tap on. This would be a really powerful thing to do some tapping on. The other thing that I feel happens as a way to heal from it is when you start to create some boundaries energetically in your life. So when you start to move away from absorbing energy to actually influencing energy. So as sensitive souls, empaths type people, oftentimes we get really codependent. Sometimes we get enmeshed with other people. That can easily happen just because we are so open. And if you're unaware of that, then it can happen very easily. So I think just as you develop and as you grow spiritually, you do look at yourself, you look at your own shadow, you start to do the inner work. That's a real part of any kind of intuitive development, spiritual development, whether you're doing it on your own or with someone or with a mentor in a class, it doesn't matter. When you embark upon this spiritual journey, you do look inward. You can't really lie to yourself about anything anymore. And so I think having good boundaries, creating good boundaries for yourself, not taking on the energy of someone who literally wants to disprove, wants to trick you, wants to like basically expose you for something that they believe, you know, something they believe to be true about you. So one way to heal the witch wound is to stand firm and true in yourself and not allow other people's energy or other people's thoughts or their attempts to shake you, to not allow that to affect you. And that just comes from practice. And I think that also comes from that awareness and self-talk, reminding yourself of your own power and that it's safe for you to be who you are. I've had situations in my career where people certainly have set out with the intention that they believe that I must be uh, a scammer, that there's no way that anyone could connect with spirit for real. 
And they are really incensed by the fact that I am charging money for doing the work that I do. And so they approach it with the intention of purposely lying to me, coming into the reading. And basically, if I pick, I'll give an example. There's at least twice where this has happened, where I've said to someone, oh, okay, and I feel like you have two kids and blah, 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 and keep going on telling them about themselves. And this happened twice where the person's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me see. I really feel like it's two kids that you have. But then I'll reinterpret or I'll see if I can get the information in a different way. And in the one case, it was in a group reading where I was giving all kinds of information. And the person I was reading for kept saying, no, that's not true. No. And it was in a very, the energy of it was very closed. And it was very, there was an attitude of this is all BS. Like you could just, you could see it and you could feel it. And it was just very obvious. I was, okay, feeling a bit like frustrated because I knew that I was actually correct in the things that I was saying, but I understood that she wasn't responding. So her friend finally said something and said, that's not true. Like you do have two kids. Or no, she even asked me a question like, oh, will I ever have children? Meanwhile, she knew she had two kids and I tuned in and felt two kids for her, but yet she's asking me that question. So it was literally just that question just to trick me or just to almost make me prove to her that I knew she was lying or something. I don't know, but it was a really, it was a really uncomfortable situation. And I just felt like it really triggered the witch wound because obviously if someone's approaching you from the get-go and their belief is that you are a liar, that you are lying about the abilities that you have. It's basically like they're condemning you and your character without having any experience with you and without knowing you. And so it doesn't work. Like anybody who thinks that they're being so clever and smart by trying to trick a psychic or a medium, you're actually just making it so much more difficult for you to get a good reading. And it's a waste of everyone's time. It's a waste of everyone's energy. That is such a draining thing. And I always tell people, spirit, like working with spirit is not draining. What's draining for me is dealing with that kind of situation, like where someone is purposely making it more difficult than it needs to be. And also, basically, they're making their opinion of you known that, like, they don't believe you for a second. They don't believe in what you do. And for me, I always just think, why bother? Like, why come to an event like that if you don't believe? It just doesn't make sense to me. And it's fine. There, people can have their own beliefs and opinions, but I don't actually feel like it's reasonable to come and with the intention to just be negative. It just, to me, it does not make sense. So anyway, so that is, that was triggering. I basically was like, I had to say, you know, I really don't feel like this is working. So I'm going to move on to the next person. I had to set that boundary. Now she wasn't happy about it. She had a snarky remark about it. But there was other things at play as well. I have a boundary. It's a guideline for group readings. I'm going into people's homes and I ask that there's no alcohol during the readings or before because I don't feel like it's beneficial for me to read for people who are intoxicated. I also feel like I'm not going to be able to read people as accurately if they are 
drinking. And so it's just, and it's also a safety thing. Like I don't want to be going into a situation where everyone's drinking. So I make it clear that's the case. And people have the choice. If they don't want to not drink until after the readings, then they don't have to book me. It's okay. I'm sure there's people who don't mind it and that allow it and works great for them. But in this case, I showed up and people were drinking. So there was like an automatic like disregard, disrespect really for the work that I'm doing from the get-go. I should say in that group though, pretty much everyone else had a really great experience, really good readings, good energy. But this one person was, I felt that was such a trigger for my witch wound. So I, I really had a hard time with that. The other times that it's occurred, one time with a man, which really triggered the witch wound because it was coming from a man. And he was presented with information that was accurate. And it was a situation where I was talking about close to him in spirit that was coming through. I said his name and he said, no, that's not him. And then someone else in the group that was there and knew this person in spirit was like, yes, it is. That's his name. And the man was like, no, I called him this. It's like a shortened version of that name. And so it's not him. And so it was that kind of thing where it's, you can't really at the end of the day deny if someone's name is on their birth certificate as a certain name. And that comes through uh, from spirit to the medium. I don't know how you can really deny that's true <laughs> just because you happen to call him a nickname that was a shortened version of that name or a variation of that name. And so there was and then I, information about, I think it was like a grandmother or something. And she brought details, a bunch of different information. But one of the details was that she knew how to knit and that there was like a blanket left behind of hers that's like a knit blanket that she made. And his response was, yeah, every single grandma from that era knew how to knit. So you're not telling me anything. And he might be right, like most grandmas probably did that were from that era, but there was also five or six other pieces of information about this lady that I had offered. So it was like he wanted it to be false. He wanted to prove me wrong. He wanted, actually, he wanted to make me feel small. That was the intention. I know that's the intention. He wanted to see me squirm. He thought that like he was going to come in here and show everyone how ridiculous this is. And it was also a group of women that I had read for previously and always had a really great rapport with and they were all very open and we'd had success, like success, successful readings. And, and I'm not sharing this to criticize these people. When I look at it now, I understand it's not personal. This is not anything against me. This is literally their belief and stuff that they are working through. And just like for me, I can look at it and say, actually, thank you. Because in both of these situations, it forced me to get really strong and recognize that I cannot allow anyone else to shake my confidence or to for me to take on that energy that at the end of the day I think it's there's a lot of hurt there there's a lot of anger there's a lot of sadness when people have that sort of need to bring that kind of energy and that kind of attitude it's not to say anything bad about either of these people I wish them well but 
to say that I was not upset. No, I it did upset me because it felt like a huge slap in the face. It felt like a disrespect um, of me as a professional, but not just that, as a person. The problem with mediumship as your career is that when you're a medium, it is a huge part. It's not all of who you are, but it is a huge part of who you are as a person. It's like a, it's a, it's the spiritual nature of who you are. It's vulnerable to go out into the world and to know that there are going to be people who do not believe a word you say. There are going to be people who not only that will tell you're a scammer, you're a fraud, that you're preying upon people who are grieving that you are greedy to charge money when this is a God-given gift, a God-given talent. Now, I do not call it a gift. I feel uncomfortable saying that because it, it is an ability. And it's something that, yes, I have the DNA for it. I have the physical makeup to do it. I have the aptitude for it. This is not just something that's been bestowed upon me and I have no effort that I've put in and I'm just basically opening my mouth and people pay me money and whatever comes out. I think people don't recognize that you do develop. You do have to practice. The reason why people get so accurate and so good is because they do it so many times that they build that power. They build the relationship with spirit. They build trust in themselves. They gain a frame of references through life experiences and also through different mediumistic experiences. So we train for it. We take courses. We have been involved in years and years of mentorship, a lot of us. We do work behind the scenes that nobody sees and nobody is aware of. And when someone tries to, and you can feel it, you know when someone is like how they feel about you, especially if you're open and you're reading, like you're very, very aware of their thoughts and their feelings. And so when someone has that belief about you, like it's very difficult to not be offended. Now, I realize there's also this sort of idea that nothing will really offend you unless you believe it, unless part of you believes part of that to be true. And I don't believe any of that stuff to be true that's been spewed and said about me. But at the same point, there is that witch wound that I feel has healed quite a bit over the years, but obviously I can still be triggered. But I think that it was just the fact that for me, um, sincerity, honesty, integrity, those are things that I really value very highly. And I try as much as I can in my life and in my work to follow those values. And so when someone tries to say that I'm like a liar or that I'm pretending or that I'm doing something that is um, with the intention to be harmful or anything like that, like it's the opposite. The reason that I put my, like, why would anyone choose to put themselves out there with knowing that they could just be misunderstood unless they really have a purpose with it. There's a strong purpose. There's a mission that I feel that I'm on. And I think lots of people that do this work were on the same mission. Like we want to normalize life after death. We want to help people to 
recognize that they can still have connection with and communication with their loved ones in spirit, that life is eternal, that we're all connected, that all of these things, you know, that there's more to this life than what most people actually see. And yeah, it's deep. It's like there's a deep wounding that occurs from having been persecuted. Some of us have been burned at the stake or we've been drowned or we've been murdered and killed in previous lifetimes for expressing our abilities and expressing what we know and opening our mouth to speak up and be heard and to be a woman and opinion and with information and wisdom. And so I feel like that's why it's so important that we are not silenced. And like every time that you endeavor, every time that you try to mediumistically or you try to work intuitively, you're healing that witch wound each time you endeavor. So you can heal it by also encouraging other women. You can heal it by being someone who trusts their intuition and trusts their gut instinct. You can heal it by having a voice and speaking up even when it's scary. You can heal it by recognizing it's a mindset as well, that you're not being put on trial. We don't owe any explanation or any extra energy to people who are dedicated to discounting us and disproving us or to other dedicated to misunderstanding. So that's one thing I've really learned. Like sometimes the people who they come in with negative intentions, those people end up getting more time, more energy, because it's almost like something in me that's okay, I gotta prove myself. No, I don't and refuse to work harder <laughs> for people who come in with that intention. And I would say it's a small percentage, really, when you look at like the bigger picture, the thousands of readings that I've done, but it still exists and it still will continue to exist. I think that's just human nature. There's just, there's going to be those situations. So instead of feeling like, oh, okay, this person doesn't want to understand, doesn't want to hear that this truth. So let me just see what else I can do. At this point, it's no. If there's a disrespectful uh, line that gets crossed, then I'm just not available for it. And so that's up to the person. It's up to the individual how you want to approach it. And I'm not here, and I don't think any of us are here to convince anyone or to convert them to our way of thinking. That's not the idea. We're here for the people who are here for us, who like want what we have to offer. And there's no forcing. Like I'm not ever going to force anyone to believe me or to like see things the way that I see them. I recognize that to each their own. We're all on our own journey. And so that's it. That's really what it comes down to. That's what I would say. It's the way to heal it is to be a badass. It's to just express yourself, to do the thing that you're afraid to do, to put yourself out there knowing that you could be criticized, but do it anyway and recognize that you have the strength to overcome that. You have the strength to withstand that kind of scrutiny. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, as people who are offering 
this kind of information that we shouldn't be like up to some kind of like level or standard yes like we we should be we're not i'm not saying that there shouldn't be any kind of accountability for people who are making these claims obviously like evidential mediumship the reason i practice evidential mediumship is because it's important to have in my opinion facts and details and specific information to validate like who you're bringing through and all of that stuff so i'm not saying like anyone should just be saying random stuff and that's like that we should accept that but I'm just saying that we do have the right to be who we are, offer the information that we receive, and whether someone, like how someone takes it or how they interpret it for themselves or how they integrate the information that we give really isn't our issue. Like it's not something that we can control. And so we have to remember that Spirit is really in charge. We are taking our lead from them. We are offering what they are giving us and we're delivering those messages and we are in interpreting those messages. And also it's a team, it's a partnership. We're working with them. So we cannot at the end of the day control how someone might perceive us. And that's just even in life. You have no control over how someone sees you, what they believe to be true about you. And part of the thing that I think is difficult for people who've been through trauma, and a lot of people who are intuitive and a lot of people who work as mediums, we've experienced our own trauma. We just have. And so part of it is that there is this wounding of trying to prove ourselves, trying to people please, trying to bend over backwards to accommodate other people because we've been either been through stuff where we've been through we've been through situations that we've had to do that to survive. It all comes up in these ways through the work that we're doing. And I think that it's sometimes a mirror. It shows us exactly what still needs to be healed and that's okay. But it's important to recognize that the witch wound is deep. It is a very deep wound, and I don't think it's something that can be healed instantly. I think that it takes time. I think a lot of it has to do with owning yourself, owning who you are, and self-love and self-appreciation and self-worth. All of that work towards that is healing the witch wound. Being able to accept abundance, being able to say, thank you when somebody gives you a compliment. It's so simple, but that is important. Being able to accept payment for your services, that is a healing of the witch wound. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that makes sense and gives you just something to think about. Obviously, this is such a huge topic. We could go on and on, but really these are just my musings, my thoughts, and I hope that if you notice that witch wound within you, that you feel empowered. One of my favorite songs is called All Too Well. It's by Queen Taylor Swift and the 10 minute version, All Too Well. And there is a line that says F the patriarchy. And I just feel it in my bones when I listen to that song that heals my witch wound every single time. You do it well, do it with integrity. And really, we're not taking any more 
BS from people. That's really what it comes down to. So I will leave you with that. If you're interested in knowing about events that are upcoming for me, melissawhitemedium.com is the uh, website. And I do have an event boxing day in Wisteria Acres, Fort Langley, an evening with spirit. It's going to be a beautiful time to connect with family and have messages from spirit. So if you're interested, I will link the registration in the show notes. Until next time, take good care, love you, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.